Hey everyone, this is the Classic Gaming Podcast. I'm Robert Ring. Today's date is October 3rd, 2017. This is episode number 91. And with me, of course, is Mr. Jay Totoro. Good uh, evening, I guess. Wow. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> what did you almost say? Good day? I almost said good morning. <laughs> That's kind of weird. But whatever. Whatever you're into. Exactly. Maybe it is my morning. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. <laughs> What's up? Anything? Anything new? Uh, not a whole lot. Just finally cool enough to we can get outside. My roommate and I have been hiking as often as we can, almost twice a week right now. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's starting to cool down. It's starting to cool down. The past two days, it's been pretty cool here as well. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's gonna get back a little bit higher, but we're gonna go camping uh, Thursday through Sunday, and it'll that's be uh, yeah, it'll be low 40s at night and like mid 70s during the day. Which oh, that sounds so good. It's very yeah. It's a relief in comparison to what we normally deal with, which is, you know, mid-90s. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, uh, I got a Super Nintendo Classic. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. I didn't even realize... Said, huh? so cool. I said that's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I didn't even um, realize... So they came out on, I guess it was the 29th, I think, whatever that Friday was. And I didn't even realize it. I thought it still had another week or something. <laughs> And I just saw something, like, I don't know, somewhere online the night before. I was like, "Oh shit, it comes out tomorrow." Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to maybe I'll just like try to see if I can go get one. So uh, that's one of the good things about living in Alabama, is that like there's no, there's not a huge demand for that type of stuff, like as much as there is in pla- like probably where you live in you know places like oh yeah New York and California and stuff like that. So. uh that was pretty awesome. I went to, uh, and you, as long as you know the place to go, like if you try to go to like a GameStop or something like that's where, or like Best Buy, like that's where everybody's going to be going. So you're probably not going to get one. Like that was the case with the, with the Nintendo Switch as well. But uh, there was a there was a post online where somebody was like, "Hey, make sure to check with your local GameStop to see if anybody missed their pre-order." Because uh-huh. a lot of people did forget about it, and people were literally just going to GameStop and they're like, "Do you have any pre-orders that people didn't grab?" <laughs> yeah, they just got it right then and there. <laughs> I wonder how long they hold them before they uh, give them away. No, in GameStop, probably not at all. Probably <laughs> if you walk up there, you're like, uh, yeah, can I get any pre-order ones? They're like, yeah, probably. <laughs> so, I, so I went to Target because that's not like, you know, the place is going to attract everybody. And there was a lot. Like, I got there exactly when they opened, and there was a pretty big line, but uh, but they still had enough. They had like, They had like 47 units or something like that. And, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Kind of... Did you just insult our future sponsor, Target? <laughs> no, no, I'm no, I'm not saying. I'm just saying, like, again, typically the places people are going to uh-huh. look for that are GameStop uh-huh. or Best Buy or something. Just because they're better, is that what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, not, not at all. Just, actually, just, yeah, no, did you, that Target's pretty chill, actually. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's, it's not bad. <laughs> and I, so anyway, I got in line, and like. Some guy just walked up and handed me a ticket. He was like, here you go. And I was like, sweet. And apparently I was number 32. And they were like, like I said, they had like 45 or 47 or something like that. Wow. So, yeah, they got like, you know, I guess that's kind of impressive. They had quite a quite a few. Uh, when they did this, when they released a the Switch, they only had like 20, I want to say like 26 or something something like that. That's crazy. So, so I got one without, without really any hassle. Uh... And so I, I guess, like, Nintendo actually is doing kind of a better job this time around at having enough um, of the consoles for people to buy. So obviously, far, yeah. Obviously, we know the fiasco with the NES Classic. 
which was a disaster. But yeah, so that's nice to see that there <laughs> that you don't have to like that is not just like a like like causing war for people to like just try to get a SNES classic. Yeah, and, I already saw their online for like I, th- I think I saw them posted for like three or four hundred dollars on. I I checked the day of just out of curiosity and people were asking for 200 on eBay, but I didn't see any that were actually being bid on at the time. Uh, actually, that's, that's I'm interested. I'm pulling it up right now to see. It looks like they're going. It looks like so like there are very few. OK, here's one that's got. 13 bids and it has two days left and it's up to 147. Oh, that's not that bad. I mean, so, I mean it's bad. You know. No, right. It's 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 almost double, but it's but it's not crazy. It's not insane. No. Not as much as I thought it'd be. No. So I hope Nintendo keeps it up and I hope they do the same thing when they re-release the NES classic because uh I guess we'll talk about the SNES classic just for a second. Um, like playing this has made me like, I wasn't really, I wasn't really interested in the NES classic because I like to just like own, I just like to own the games, you know, I, I like to buy the actual copies of them because that's just kind of a fun thing for me. Mm-hmm. But so I bought the any the SNES classic because of Star Fox two and then just playing that. It's so nice. Just having all those games, just like all the games on it right there. Also in like H also in HD quality. So like once I played that for a few minutes, I was just thinking I really want to get an NES classic when they re-release that. So I think I probably That's will. That's super funny. Because it's so not like you, as you as you know, you just turn it on, and it's all there, and you don't and you just flip through and decide what you want. It's so convenient, and uh, it looks cool because it's a tiny little. Super Nintendo, it's even smaller than, uh, than it's than it looks like when you see it in pictures and in ads and stuff. I was surprised at how small it was when I opened it up. But yeah, I, I thought the same thing about the regular one. Like I said, one of my coworkers has one. Uh huh. Yeah, it's so funny how small they. Are. It's this. It's it's dimensionally. Its width is it's narrower than a controller than one of the Super Nintendo controllers. For anybody listening, if that gives you kind of a that's crazy perspective, it's so funny. Uh, it looks so cool, but it's just so nice flipping through. So I've played a little bit of uh, uh, the the. I'll we'll, we'll talk about this shortly. The the main one that I played was Star Fox Two. That's the one. That's one of the games I'm going to talk about today. But I played uh, a little bit of a few games. I played a good bit of Contra Three as well. And I'm going to wait. I'll probably talk about that uh, on another episode. But man. That game is so hard. Do you? I know you've you've said oh, yeah. that you've played it before. Yeah. But do you remember how hard it is? Oh yeah. It's it is. It's ridiculous. one of those games that takes a lot of time to get used to. Yeah, it's one of the ones also where, uh, one hit, where you don't have a health bar. One hit is one life. So. Oh yeah, yes, it is right, huh? You can you can, um, in the in the menu at the beginning you can you can choose how many lives you have. You can change it. For, I think by default it's three. And you can do three, five, or seven. So I just cranked that up. And still, <laughs> I had trouble getting through the first level, like when I first started playing. 
Because you, all you have to do is it's it's basically a bullet hell game, and so if you get hit by seven bullets in the in the first level, then that's then you have to use a continue. It's it's so crazy. So kind of the strategy is you have to just go, or for me at least, is you have to just go really slow. Because if you kind of run and gun style play it, then you're gonna end up running into bullets, or people are gonna come at different at weird angles and stuff, and, and you're gonna like. You're going to jump over one thing just to accidentally smash into something else. Man, I was I was super surprised at how hard it was. I don't know if I've played this before. I don't think I have. But it is it is tough. You should watch somebody speedrun it. It's really crazy to watch. I bet that's really I bet that's I bet that is really fun to watch. So, I've been having a bit of fun with that. So, one news item. We haven't talked about this yet on the podcast, but Oh gosh, I don't know if it was a year or more like two years ago, Atari announced the Atari Box. Uh, and we hadn't talked about it on here because, one, I didn't hear about it somehow until kind of late. And also, once I did finally hear about it, I sort of, it's one of those things that I sort of doubted was ever going to actually come to fruition. It just sounds like one of those things that's not going to happen, but it looks like it a little bit more certain now and they came out with some more details. So, have you heard about have you heard about this, Jay? No. It's Atari is coming out with a console called the Atari Box. Uh and that's basically all anybody knew about it until just a few days ago. They released mm-hmm. some more details and uh this was through a press release that they sent out to various uh press, not us, but I got most of this information from uh, VentureBeat. The, okay, so the price. Well, let's let's hold on. Maybe I'll save the price for last. It's coming out spring of next year. Um, so everybody's nobody really knows what it's going to be, but now they've said that what it is is it, is it's a console that will play. It's a hookup. It's not a computer. It's an actual console that you hook up to a TV. It, it's going to play classic Atari titles. Uh, I believe they come preloaded on it. And it's also going to be able to play like mid-range uh, PC games. Uh, like mid-range as far as, as far as the uh, technical, you know, as far as like the power needed sure. to play them. Um, so nothing, it's not going to be able to play high-end PC games, but just sort of middle-of-the-road uh, technical requirements. So, and who, do, who is this targeted at? Like, I what, what? am. That's kind of my biggest question. Uh, so, real quick, classic Atari titles, some mid-range PC games. It's. It sounds like it's going to do other things. Like it's going to have an internet browser, for instance. It's going to have a uh, a customizable OS, which I mean, I, yeah, that's good. But I don't know if anybody really cares about that. Tell me how much you would be willing to pay for. Uh, really, honestly, probably like forty bucks. It's gonna. The price is gonna range from about two fifty to three hundred dollars. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Good luck on sales on that one. <laughs> one page. How much for that? No way. Would you? No. I don't understand. Like, Sixty is a premiere, and that's not a premiere. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just don't 
get it. Like, like, just like you said, who's the, who is the target audience for this? Yeah. Uh, I have no fucking clue. Uh, it's gonna, and also here's another weird thing. So they're, they've, you know, started product, you know, obviously they've been working on it. It's basically, it's, it's coming along. Yeah. Um, they've got the price point, all that. They have the release date. But for some reason, right before they release it, they said they're going to, or I guess not right before, but fairly soon, they're going to do an Indiegogo campaign for it, okay. even though they've already developed it and, and all that. So it sounds Wait, like... what? Yeah. So, so, so they're preparing for losses. <laughs> maybe. maybe <laughs> that's so. what I just heard. Uh, it sounds like that's sort of kind of going to be their way of taking pre-orders, but I don't know why they don't just take pre-orders. I don't understand anything about what this. The heck? Yeah, this makes very little sense to me. Like, I just don't get it. This is so weird. <laughs> maybe that's it's, how they're going into it, too. We don't know. It's a console... Um, that costs as much as the Nintendo Switch, f- for comparison, and it can play classic Atari titles and mid-level PC games. Yay! Who wants... I mean, I guess we kind of beat this into the ground. I think the question is just, who in the hell wants this? Yeah, I'm uh, very curious to what they're... I, I, that, just, that seems really bizarre to me. <laughs> I could kind of understand if they were going sort of the Super Nintendo slash regular Nintendo sure. classic route and saying, here's a cool little console that's got a ton of, of Atari games and it's going to be, you know, $60 or $80. But what they're doing is a bit different than that and much more expensive and I just don't understand it. So there's there's the Atari box for you. The Atari, what's in the box? <laughs> but everybody's asking, what's in the Atari box? Classic Atari games is what's in the Atari box. Oh, close the box. <laughs> Give me another box. I've <laughs> box. I have a feeling this sounds. This really sounds like it's going to be kind of like the next Ouya. Oh my god! <laughs> oh Maybe, my god! I don't think it'll be as disastrous as the Ouya, but oh, it'd be geez. impressive. It would be actually. That would be. I'll, I'll be more impressed if it if it is more of a disaster. So anyway, that's that's all I've got. Uh, why don't we just talk about games? Because there's not much more to say. Let's about talk that. about some good games, am I right? Good games or bad? Or bad? I mean, we could do bad ones if you want. I prefer good games. Good right. games are more fun to talk about. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. So let's see who goes first. Uh, Robert. Oh my gosh! Look at that. It's you. No, nope, it's you. Oh, okay. All right. Let's do this. Let's, let's do it. You're psyching yourself up for it? Get yourself ready? After your little uh, spiel of Morrowind last week, uh, as soon as we got done, I, actually, I think part of the way through when you were talking about it last <laughs> Did time, you I played Morrowind. Downloading. Oh, yeah. I, I played <laughs> so much. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, awesome. so. I never, so when I originally played, I never played it for Xbox, which I know some people did. Uh, I played it for PC when it came out, which was 2000. Oh, yeah, that was what I played it on also. Yeah, like originally or recently? Original, both, but yeah, originally. Okay. But yeah, so there were a lot of things I forgot about this game that I think we talked about a little bit, but um, I think are pretty important. So 
the if you have never played the any of the Elder Scrolls series and you try to play Morrowind, it's going to be very difficult. I realized that having previous playthroughs really makes the game more fun. Um, I was able to ramp up much quicker into the game. I was able to accumulate a good amount of money, which I realized in that game, money is everything. Money is just so much. Hmm. And the reason is, I was uh, I was thinking about this after the fact is, one of the most frustrating and memorable things and almost comical things about uh, Morrowind is the combat system, which we talked about last time, which is essentially, what is your weapon skill of the weapon you're using? What is the level of the mob? Okay, here's yeah. your chance to hit, your percentage chance to hit, and you can miss consecutively five, six, seven times. Meanwhile, most mobs will hit you every time. And depending on the difficulty you're playing with, there's a good chance they will do like what's almost like a crushing blow and knock you down and pretty much two hit you. And it's very frustrating, obviously, because you're sitting there missing, 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 even though your cursor is aimed for their face, and then you end up just getting like two or three shot by them. What I realized, though, is as long as you... Because at the very beginning of the game, um, I love the intro, by the way. The, the intro of the game is you literally just wake up on a boat, um, you're having a nightmare, and there's a guy there, and he pretty much tells you, get off the boat. And then aren't you, you pick, a, aren't you a prisoner of some sort? I don't boat? think you're a prisoner because yeah. they set you free as soon as you get there. I I, forget I thought you were the, a prisoner, but somebody, um, whoever the guy you're supposed to go see, like ordered oh, ordered Cassius. you to be released. I believe so. I skipped the intro. Uh, the, uh, whenever I download games, the usually the open CGI just doesn't work. Oh, okay, it's just whatever I do and stuff. But um, you might be right. I I've paid attention a little bit to the story. Uh, but not not as much as like Oblivion. Oblivion, I, I really pay attention to the story. Okay. But once you get off the boat, they pretty much the guy goes, "Who are you?" And then you you know pick your race, you pick a couple other things, and then you go to the next place and you talk to a guy, and then you design your class. And your class, you can basically say, "What is my what is my main attribute? Do I want it to be health? Do I want it to be mana? Do I want it to be endurance?" And then um, from there, you pick your your main ability. So if you're like, "Oh, I want to be a thief," and you're like, "Okay, I'm going to use daggers, maybe long swords, light armor, maybe block. I might throw on a shield sometimes. Um, maybe I'll." get lock picking and sneak and when you pick your main abilities i think you like six or eight at the very beginning those abilities get a much higher uh, starting pool almost like you're playing D. so those abilities get a little bit stronger or not stronger but they get better um weapons in particular have a higher chance to hit i believe light armor i think the higher your rating is the more armor you get from wearing that type of armor and the slower it loses durability something like that and then some of the other ones are pretty much like lock picking. You can't open doors if you don't have a high enough skill or a high enough um, leveled lock pick. Because there's different lock picks. And then so you pick your main main abilities, and then you kind of design your character. So you're like, I want to go magic, and then you pick some destruction spells, maybe some alteration. You get some other things just to restoration, maybe just to be able to heal and stuff. And ultimately, you design your character. And then if you were to do that, like let's say I want to be an orc warrior, so you get a two hander, get heavy armor, and you get like blacksmithing, whatever, right? So you got shield. And you walk outside and you're like, oh, I don't really like using two-handed weapons. I think I'm going to use bows. Well, you don't have a high bow skill. So you're just going to sit there and miss all of your shots over and over and over and over and over until you level it up high enough. Yep. The other thing is, every shot uses an arrow. Arrows are not retrievable unless you kill the mob with the bow, and there's a chance the arrow will, will appear inside the corpse and you can pick it up. Arrows are very expensive, they weigh a lot, and they're easy to lose. So... It's very frustrating. I mean, imagine you're level one and you have your bow skills like eight or whatever. So you have, I believe it's like an 8% chance to hit. So you're just missing consecutively until you level skill up. But this is where money comes in. So uh, as I was leveling my character, I made, what did I end up playing? Oh, I think I am an, actually an orc warrior. Yeah, I am an orc warrior with a two-hander. That's right, which is really fun. Um, so I was like, oh, I really want to try. Uh, I want to have a better personality and I want to be able to use mercantile and I want to be able to persuade people to do things. Well, that was something that I didn't really pay any attention to when I was designing my character. But because I have so much money, I was able to buy my way into that ability. 
you can talk oh, cool. to you, you can talk to trainers and you can buy skills. So you oh, that's right, yeah. And the lower your skill is, the cheaper it is. So if your skill's like level eight or nine out of a hundred, it might be like sixty or eighty gold. Whereas when your skill's like 50, 60, it could be like five hundred gold. Five hundred gold is a ton. But so what I ended up doing is I started doing the intro quests, and then I just started finding as much money as I could, and then I sort of leveled off. I leveled my off talents. My where character you, where became, were you getting all the money from? I just flipping stuff. I, a lot of it um, was the assassins. I kept getting attacked by these assassins. Uh, like I'd be in the middle of a dungeon, and I would take it. I'd rest, and then I would, I would have a really bad nightmare. Like you get like a little script that says like you had a bad nightmare, blah, blah, blah. And you woke up and there's a fucking assassin standing there and he tries to kill you. And you're like, okay, this is Damn. fun. I'm at half health and no, very little endurance. That sounds so scary. Spent, I don't think that happened to me. It's fun. Well, it's really funny because the way I built my warriors, I literally just put as much strength on them as possible. <laughs> and then the orc racial is berserk, which gives you more strength. So the and guys get there these... to assassinate you and they're like, whoa, I didn't yeah. know this guy was going to be like this. <laughs> and then I pop these potions to give me more strength. So I have all this stuff stacked up. I hit them once and they fall to their knees. <laughs> And it's it, my, one of my favorite things about Moro is, is the, the shit talking because they're like, "Is that all you got?" And like they're on their knees, like about to fucking bleed out. And you're like, it's like "Yeah, I mean, it's like the the Monty Python." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a flesh wound. Yeah, so I kept killing them, and their armor, like, if with my mercantile being very low, I think the total uh, estimated value is like fifteen hundred gold. But I'd get like six hundred from it because my mercantile was so low. So I killed a couple of those, and I did some other things, and I just played a lot. I did a lot of quests and. And I have a lot of money, and my character is so strong. Like I, I can pretty much kill anything that I've run into so far. There was like one guy I had trouble with, and I found a really easy way to beat him. Um, so th that can be very frustrating, especially for people who haven't played the game before. Uh, the other thing is, unlike uh, Oblivion or Skyrim, the intro is not that long. And this is one of my complaints about the later two installments, especially Skyrim, is that 25-minute intro. It's so long. And you're just sitting there, you're like, okay, I just want to design my character, I want to explore the world. And you're like, oh, here comes Thomas the Tank Engine. No, here comes the <laughs> dragon. And, he's, and, he's, and it's just, it's so annoying. But Morrowind, it's like, you get off the boat, you design your character, you walk through two doors, boom. And the guy's like, well, you can go talk to this guy if you want to. Otherwise, have fun. And you just like open the map, you're like, this is dope. This is exactly what I wanted. Like, I want to design, I want to be able to just explore the world. And, and you can follow the main quest if you want to. But a lot of times you'll get to certain parts of the main quest where the guy's like, hey, maybe you should go do some other things for a while. Just go chill out, maybe talk to some yeah, guilds yeah. and do other things, which makes it very, very fun. Um, overall, I, I had a, a really a lot of fun with the game. Um, the music is, is unbelievably good. I love the music. It's very atmospheric. It adds a lot to the scenery. They did a great job of using certain instruments when the colors are brighter, which really amplifies the visual effect of it. And some of the... like, There was one place that really pissed me off, though. It was, I believe it's pronounced Dwemer. I think that's how you say it. It's like the dwarves, I guess, or like not dwarves. But I think they're like they're like robots. I don't I don't fully know. Anyways, you go. It, it, it's <laughs> this really weird place. Robots. It, it's well, I, I think they were dwarves at one point, but then the dwarves like came up with these things or like created them or something. I think. Okay. I, I don't know the story that well. Anyway, so you go down to this this Dwemer cave, and as you're in there, it it's like this. It's alive mechanically. Like the place has a bunch of moving cogs, and there's all these moving objects, there's all these things going on. But there's like this sound that, that that is part of the audio that is played way too often. What it sounds like, this is the best way I can describe it, is if you took a really thick, uh, heavy, heavy twined rope, right? Like one of those real thick ones used for like a uh, tug of war or something, right? Okay. Or like a climbing rope. And you took it and you put it on a really uh, thick blade, like a really sharp thick blade, and dragged it back and forth. Uh, maybe more more of the ropes like one of those metal ones that they use for like power lines or something like it, it's just a it's really long it's like uh, and then it goes away 
but there's not much music other than that and then there's like some atmospheric sound like is it part of is it part of the music or is it it's part more of the like ambient of the noise. So it's not. I, I, so it's, it's more ambient noise, yeah. But it's not. It's not ambient noise because it happens so frequently. Okay, so That's it happens at regular intervals. So it's bass. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's loud. Like the the rest of the ambience is really nice. It's like this. It's, when you get deeper, the wind starts to slow down. It gets kind of still because it's realistic, right? You're deeper in a cave. There's not as much wind. And then when you get closer, you kind of hear like the like just a real light wind sound. It's very atmospheric. It's really well done. And then it's just like the <laughs> and it's like. And it's like every 30 seconds on cue. And while you're fighting, you're like, shut up. Like, just just die. But, um, that was my one complaint with the soundtrack. <laughs> the, the real, they're obvious, some of the mechanics of the game are very frustrating. I talked about a lot of the combat ones. Um, everybody who's played Morrowind knows the really dumb mechanics of the game. Just, I don't know. There, the, the combat thing really kind of throws me for loop. I really wonder where their heads were at at the time. But I can kind of understand it. It, it kind of reminds me of D&D, but not, not really. Anyways, yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, it's it's been a blast. Uh, I I also started playing Oblivion. I'm not. I might talk about it in the near future, but I don't know. Um, the quality of life adjustments in Oblivion were very good, but I there's still something about Morrowind that just makes it a really strong title, even yeah. though it has some really big faults faults in it. And I'm trying to think, if there's anything else that was really good. The music was good. Sound effects were good. The dialogue is actually pretty cool, and the way you can persuade people into telling you more is pretty cool. Oh, that's the other thing I love about Mormon. This is one of the one of my favorite things. So you got a quest, right? And it, and it says you need to get into Robert Ring's house, and you need to open his special lockbox that's above his bed. That's all so it says, speak. right? Right, exactly. Get get his chastity belt off. But that, that's all it says, right? So and then you ask a little bit further, and like, well, Robert's really good friends with Lisa. And maybe if you talk to Lisa, she can convince Robert to give it to you. But you could also just go up and kill Robert, take the key and open the lockbox, be like, fuck the police, and then just leave. And <laughs> that's how you complete the quest. Also, you could sneak into his house, or you could pickpocket him, steal the key, and unlock the box. Or you could walk over to Robert, which is this what I did because I had so much money, and I gave him so much money, he just gave me the key. <laughs> so you have all these options to complete quests. And that's it's hilarious. fun because based on the way you design your character, it helps, right? So if you have really high personality, like you made a maybe you made a caster and you have alchemy and you have really high magic skills but you also have a good personality so you have good mercantile and you're good at uh talking with people well guess what you might be able to just convince robert without spending any money to give to him. well in my case i'm an orc warrior so i'm walking around just killing everything all the money i got i used to buy my way through a quest you could also be a thief and you could you know be focused on sneaking around and, and pickpocket somebody for a quest there's a lot of options to complete each quest and i really like it because it it really starts triggering the the creative mentality i right, like and yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's just a really cool aspect, and, and I really enjoyed it. It, it makes it, it makes you feel more involved and more engulfed in the game. Like, you feel more into it. Whereas where it's just like you're following a storyline, it's like, go talk to Robert. And then you talk to Robert, Robert's like, I don't want to give you my lockbox. I want you to go slay the rats in my basement. And then you go kill the rats, and then you go upstairs, Robert's like, wow, you're so much more powerful than I thought. Here's my lockbox. Like, that's cool, but giving me the opportunity to do how I want to do, it's even cooler. It's a lot more fun. Right, right. What about um, how they just give you directions to places to go to when you have to go somewhere? How do, how do you feel about that? As opposed I, to marking I it on your map it. or something like that? I like it. I mean, they give you a brief marker, but the, the map is like a grid, sort of. And they'll just say, like, it's in this general area. <laughs> so you're like, oh, okay. But it's fun because as you're exploring, you, you, you get to see so much more of the game. Whereas if you know exactly where you're going... You may miss some really cool dungeons. You may not get you may like. Oh my god! There was this is a prime example. 
I got lost. I was walking to Balmora, which is the one of the major cities in the game. And I got lost and I found some caves, like there are these caves. And then I found this random woman. And she's like, hey, um, I just got robbed. Like this guy just knocked me down and took my stuff and ran. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a fun quest. I get to like sneak up on this guy and kill him and whatever, right? But right. she's like, but I think he's really attractive and his personality was really good. So can you give him this and ask him to come come talk to me? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Man, that guy's a I'm stud. Like, oh. I know, that's what I said. He's like, and I went and talked to the guy, and he's like, well, first of all, when I went to go talk to him, he was about to get jumped, so I had the opportunity to... Oh, by somebody else? People. Yeah, by somebody else. He, wow. he, he apparently does this pretty frequently, so... Uh, oh, okay. And it was funny, because he's like, hey, these dudes are going to jump me, and, and so I talked to them, and I can either bribe them, I could persuade them, I could give them something to fuck off, or I could just kill them. I chose to kill them, because I didn't want to waste any money, and they were really weak, but again, <laughs> I had all these options to choose, Um but I talked to him, and, he, and it's so funny because he's surprised. He's like, wait, what? You mean that chick I robbed? Oh, she was kind of attractive. Okay, <laughs> give, her this, give her this note from me. I'll, I'll go out with her. And then you bring the note back. She's like, nice. And <laughs> <laughs> of course, like, nice. Yeah. Like, it's just so cool. I just like that. I was like, this is so cool. Like, I just, I was just a part of this arc, this mini arc, and I, it was really cool. It was, it was fun, and it was well-written. It, I don't know. I, I think Morrowind is a really great game. You just have to be patient. And yeah, I think that's that's ex- I think that's well put. That's I think that's exactly the key is you have to be patient. Yeah. Once you get your abilities to like twenty twenty five, that's when the game really your ability your skills don't matter as much. Uh, one of my one of my favorite things about the combat though is if you use your bare hands, your fists, which I really want to make a monk, just no armor, no what, no weapons, because uh, you actually have skills for unarmored and unarmed. Uh, they both have skills. And so when you're punching people, you don't hit their health down. You knock down their endurance. And when your endurance <laughs> hits zero in Morrowind, and if you get hit again, your character falls down. He fall, he like collapses, and he's like breathing real heavy. And then you get a little bit of endurance back up, almost like punch out or something. Like you get knocked down, you spam the A button, you get up, and then you walk up and you start punching somebody. And it's really funny if you're fighting an unarmed person and you are also unarmed because you're beating the shit out of each other. And then both of you fall at the same time because your endurance hits zero. And you're like, all right, just give me one second. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, let's, let's just wait a second here. And then he finally get up and you're like, oh, and you start punching him again. And then he hits you really good. And then he knocks you down, but he's out of he's out of endurance. So he falls down. It's like, all right, just, just give me one more minute here. You just kind of go back and forth like that. Until... I didn't realize that when you did that, it doesn't actually yeah. take their health away. And not until their endurance is zero and they collapse. Oh, that's the... when you start doing more damage to then them. It you does? do actual okay. okay, so you can eventually... You can eventually kill him. Oh, yeah, punching things is really fun in that game because it's just a funny way to beat somebody to death because it's so long because you have to knock down their entire endurance bar. <laughs> it's punching like a hundred times. Yeah, and they're not doing anything because they're just, if they're out of endurance, they're just laying there just like a vessel and you're just like, boom, 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 boom. Every time Pro- you get a little Probably bit missing like one yeah, out of every yeah. three punches. Put <laughs> <laughs> it back on the ground again. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Awesome. So, really how, so how many hours did you do you think you put into it? Uh, since I know I it's started, just been like a couple weeks or not even two weeks. Uh, I'll be honest with you, probably like twenty five. I I, I play a lot. Yeah, I'm like I'm like level eight, which is pretty pretty good. Um, I leveled two characters. I leveled an orc warrior, and then I leveled a caster. Mm-hmm. And the caster, I I did uh, alchemy, a bunch of cool magic. I wanted to try summoning magic because I heard it was really good. And then I did uh, really high personality, so I can convince a lot of people to do things that they wouldn't normally do. That's the other thing. When your personality is higher, similar to like the Fallout series, new dialogue options become available. Oh, right. That's really cool. I love them. You get to see some really funny stuff and you get some quests. There are quests that I've gotten so far on that character that were not available on my orc because I just didn't have high enough uh, speechcraft is what it's called, speechcraft. That's awesome. Really great game. I, I could easily play. 
I can easily play this game and go a different route each time. And I don't really care about beating it. I, I've beaten the game once. It, it doesn't interest me. It's cool, but just exploring the world, because it's a pretty large map, actually, is super fun. You get to see so much cool stuff, and there's a good variety of mobs and such. I'm really glad that you like it, because this is one of those games that's really fun to hear from, to hear people talk about who actually really like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong, I still like Skyrim, and I, I still, you know, re I really like Oblivion. Um, it's just, I think Morrowind is really, really fun. Like, yeah. they're all fun for different reasons. Right, right. When this came out, do you remember how high the um, technical requirements were for it? Oh, yeah. I had to play on zero. Like, I could not see anything <laughs> more than, like, 15 feet away. Seriously. Really? There, there's a quest where you, this guy falls from the sky. It's, like, very early on. His body just falls from the sky. And what he was doing, he was, he was like, messing with magic. and He was a, a wizard of some kind. And it's really funny because now when I play and I turn up the distance, I can see him standing way high up in the air, ready to fall when you trigger the trigger. And uh, back then, I wouldn't see him till he was on top of me <laughs> because of how bad my graphics were, or how bad my computer was at the time. That's, that's pretty funny. Uh, I, I remember, I'm looking at, the, I just pulled up the specs for it. And apparently it only required, like, I mean, obviously this is much different when it first came out, but the RAM requirements is just 256 megs. Really? Megabytes. And I remember when I bought this, the guy at the store was like, are you sure your computer can run this? It only takes... It says it only requires one gigabyte of disk space. Uh, oh my gosh, really? Yeah, that, that's what it said. I don't know. I don't even know if I... I don't even know if I actually believe that, though. That I don't believe that. The, the 256... Way... I remember the first time I got 512 when I had two, two, two 256 sticks. I was balling. My computer was running so well, I could play anything. <laughs> right, yeah. Five, twelve, and now I have. I think. I think I have thirty-two gigs right now. Yeah. This says I'm fine. I'm, I see multiple sources that say two uh, wow. one gigabyte free hard disk space. Maybe that's oh, maybe because it played a lot off the disk. Does that makes sense. Uh. Uh. I mean, yeah, I that's possible. Maybe, but. In the CD-ROM because that's when CD-ROM drives are still a thing. It is, but I would, but I think they only really. I mean, maybe, yeah, but I, th I feel like they only really used it for uh, just to make sure you had the game and everything was actually loaded on the computer. I could be wrong about that. I, I don't really know, but maybe you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. But Crazy. I just, I'm just not sure. 500 megahertz Intel Pentium three. Make sure you got one of those bad boys. Pentium three boys. Oh, I got an i5 right now. Keyboard and mouse, huh? I think I have an i5 right now. I'm pretty sure mine is an i7. Yeah, I think uh, I have a quad i5. But yeah, I, I, was, I just remember at the store the guy was concerned that I might not be able to run this, and I, I had looked it up before, and I was like, oh yeah, I can run this. Such a great game. I remember I couldn't run Oblivion when it came out. Oblivion was like... Because Oblivion was oh, one yeah? where every every object had a high detail on it. Yeah, I remember reading Game Informer and drooling, reading about... Um, about oblivion because <laughs> one of the one of the bragging points of it was if you bumped into a table with objects on it the objects would either shake or fall based on how hard you hit it and people were like what physics and, and the other thing is <laughs> characters age in that game too so if you interact oh, with the character they? early on yeah they actually age over the course i don't know how quickly or anything but i do remember reading that characters do age and objects do move upon impact which is super cool um have you ever purchased a pc game and then you were unable then your computer was unable to run it yeah i, I think a couple times I'm trying to think what else it would have been oblivion was definitely one of them oh you uh, did buy it and tried to oh run yeah it? oh yeah i got wrecked by it i remember because i looked at it, i was like oh my computer's fine uh then i got <laughs> completely decimated 
That happened to me with Bioshock. Really? Yeah. I didn't play Bioshock when it first came out, so I played it afterwards, so I don't remember the graphics that well. Uh, okay, so I played Star Fox 2. Oh, okay. Um, everybody probably knows the history of this, but the story behind Star Fox 2 is that it was developed, it was basically finished or just, or, or just about finished, maybe it didn't have, you know, the final touches or anything like that, but it was basically done, and this was 1996 for Super Nintendo, just three years after the, well, three years after the first Star Fox and uh, they decided not to release it because they were coming out with the Nintendo 64 very mm. shortly. And uh, they didn't... They, my understanding is the people at Nintendo didn't want... Uh, since this is kind of like a 3D game, they wanted to cut, up, cut off like... They didn't want to have like a crappy 3D game come out right before their 3D system. And kind of give people the wrong idea of like, oh, that, well, Nintendo's not really good at making 3D stuff. I may not have the details quite right there, but it's basically something like that. The Nintendo 64 was coming out. They wanted that to kind of steal the show, so they basically shelved Star Fox 2, even though it was... Which is so crazy complete. to think about. Yeah, it really is. Um, people throughout the years have gotten hold of have gotten hold of it and made uh, ROMs of it, which you can play if you have an emulator. But uh, they just released it on the SNES Classic the, the only official release it's ever had. Probably the only official release. Well, I bet they'll, years down the line, have it on virtual consoles and stuff, maybe. But anyway, regardless, yeah. one way, either way, this is the first time it's actually officially released. And it is very interesting. So the Star Fox series, of course, is uh, basically kind of a third person over the shoulder shoot 'em up, like space shoot 'em up. So it's not really a, com- a space combat sim because it, it's more arcadey than that uh it's more um well it's more arcadey than that it's just you are flying a ship and you're shooting at bad guys and you're kind of aiming your ship around to shoot at them it's not first well there are some uh levels that are first person in the first in well in both of them but in the first one at least primarily it's third person and you're just behind your ship you can see your ship because sometimes you have to like dodge obstacles and things like that so you have to kind of be able to see where your ship is um in relation to the stuff that's around it so that's the type of game it is now star fox and and you're and it's on rails so you're just kind of flying through levels shooting bad guys and stuff uh star fox one is an awesome game star fox 2 the gameplay is essentially the same, but they do some interesting, different things. Um, there's an overarching strategy mechanic to the game. So, in Star Fox One, you go level to level, and it's just it's just a linear video game. Yep. In Star Fox Two, it starts off, and oh gosh, I can't remember his name. The main bad guy from Star Fox One, he's like, "I'm back," you know, prepare to die or whatever. And he starts launching ships and stuff that are going to attack your home planet, Corneria. And so you see this big map, and on, on the bottom left corner is your home planet. And the top left corner is the bad guy and his... Uh, oh gosh, I don't remember if he's on a planet or if he's on a giant ship. But one way or the other, he's in the top right, you're at the bottom left. And it's, it's a map of space. In the middle... There are a few planets, and then he launches some uh, capital ships, 
And then so now the capital ships are on the map. And uh, there's also missiles that are heading towards your planet. Uh, the capital ships shoot missiles at your planet from time to time. There's also bases that he establishes, or that the bad guy establishes on some of those planets on the map. There's not a ton of them. There's like five planets or something on the map besides yours and his. So your base, his base, f- roughly five planets somewhere between and a few capital ships uh, launching missiles at your planet. If your planet gets destroyed or if it reaches 100% uh, damage, then it gets destroyed and you lose. So what you're trying to do is take down the capital ships, take out the bases that are launching missiles, and uh, kill the uh, the main bad guy's base before he kills your planet. So it's kind of like, like I said, it's kind of like an overarching strategy mechanic. When you pick a place that you want to go, say, I want to uh, attack this capital ship, which, you know, usually right off the bat, you want to take out one of the ships or the bases as fast as you can because... That's one less thing that's going to be launching missiles at your planet. Sure. Uh, so your ship, you see on the map, your ship starts kind of flying over there. It's, it's kind of, it's automated. But everything else is still happening at the same time. So it's almost sort of like like real-time strategy. You, so you that's want to pick the stuff. Trying. Yeah, so you want to pick the stuff that's closest to you to attack first. Because if you spend all your time flying across the screen back and forth, and that's then the missiles have all that time to get to your planet. You know, the ships have that much more time to launch more missiles. The missiles have that more, much more time to to get to your planet without you intercepting them or something. So you kind of have to be strategic about what you're going to attack first. And, you know, then what you're going to attack next after that. And then if you lose too much health, then you have to go back to your base and uh, kind of sort of like refuel and get all your health back. So that obviously takes time where they can be launching more missiles and stuff as well. And so that's, that's, again, that's the overarching part of the game. Whenever you pick a thing to attack, then it goes back into more of the traditional Star Fox style where you're, you know, piloting a ship, shooting down bad guys and that kind of stuff. You can um, choose one of the one of the actual missiles to attack and it takes you to a little sequence in space where you're just you're just chasing down the missile and it's like four missiles kind of together and you're just trying to shoot them down before they can get away from you. And you know you what this reminds it, me of? Like what, this overarching that? strategy it reminds me very much of uh, UN Squadron. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, you have, I, yeah, kind of. I don't remember. Yeah, you have like I a choice of remember. levels. You have like a choice of levels, and then ultimately there are certain ones that are much more critical to do, and they're like slowly. There's like these um, vehicles that are slowly driving at your main base, and you have to deal with them if they get. Too oh close. right, yeah, yeah. And then you can also choose to do the main levels as well. It sounds very similar. That's funny. Yeah, you're right. I had actually forgotten about that aspect of you and Squadron, but you're right. It is. It is very similar to that. Hmm. Um. And so you're trying to destroy all this stuff before they get to you, and then you you know you finally go to the uh, to the to the bad guy's main base and and try to kill him and win the game. You pick two pilots. So in Star Fox One, it's you you're playing uh, Fox, and then you have your three wingmen, and that's how it is for every level. You're playing him, and you have your three other gotcha. guys with you. They don't do a whole lot, but they're they're there. Uh, in this one, you just you pick two characters. You play as one, and you have one wingman, and there's like two extra. There's like two new characters now as well, but it doesn't really matter. I, as far as I know, there's not. You know, there. I'm not sure if there's a difference between the characters or not. I couldn't. The, it does say their stats, but I couldn't find any 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 difference between them. But you pick one, and then if you die, then you uh, start playing as the wingman, and that's kind of like your last life. If you die, oh wow, with him, that then it's game over. 
So, yeah, it's kind of unforgiving in that sense. But at the same time, it doesn't take a long time to get through everything. So I beat the game. Um, oh, wow. In like, it probably took about an hour. No way. So it's a pretty short game. Um, when you're playing, so once you get into the actual combat, once you say, okay, this is the place I want to go, I'm going to attack this ship or I'm going to attack this planet or whatever. Uh, there are a few different types of levels. There are not really any just sort of traditional Star Fox levels where you're on a planet surface and it's on rails and you're flying through and there are some buildings and some obstacles here and there. And there's obviously bad guys flying around shooting at you. You have to kill and dodge and all that kind of stuff. There's not any that are that are quite like that. There are a lot of levels that are just uh, in space. And there were some of these in Star Fox one as well, where obviously where you're not on a planet surface, you're just out in the out in outer space and there's bad guys. And maybe there's like space debris and some, some larger ships and stuff. Uh, And then on most of these, eventually you, uh, a lot of these are, are the capital ship levels. And then once you, once you get through, uh, you know, actually, I think I'm confusing two things. There are some like this, and then there are other capital ship levels where it's kind of a shorter sequence in space, and then you go inside a capital ship, and then you kind of go through these little, it's kind of like corridors, and uh, and then once you get to the end, you're, you're kind of in this big room. It's sort of like if you imagine Return of the Jedi at the very end where they're inside a, the Death Star flying around in the circle, okay. trying to destroy, like, the, the core of it, you know, so it blows up. It's sort of similar to that, where you're, you get inside, and then you fly around trying to destroy the inside parts of it, and then you fly out, and that's it. So there are those, and then there's what I was saying, where it's like more like space debris, and then you know some bad guys flying around. And then it's, it's kind of cool. There are some where you might go to some other place, but, for, but, but, but before you can get there, um, one, like a named character, not just a random sort of like mob bad guy, but a named sure. character in his own ship, sort of like yours, from uh, from the enemies from the enemy side, he comes up and he's basically like, "All right, it's you and me one on one. I'm going to stop you from attacking this planet." So from there, it's like a one on one dogfight oh, with cool. you. Yeah, it, and those sequences are really cool. Um, typically, I th- it's so when I played, I, I played like one and a half playthroughs, and it seems like on any given playthrough, you might have three encounters like that. Um, so there's some randomness to it. Yeah, there's a little bit of randomness to it. Uh, because yeah, the second time I played it, there was, I, I, I encountered one guy that I didn't see the first time, but I also, I was playing on hard the second time. So maybe it was because of that. I'm not sure if it's purely random or if it was because it was hard, but anyway, there's some little, uh, dog fight scenarios. And then there are some levels where you go to a planet surface, but it's really kind of weird. It's not on rails again, like a normal Star Fox one level. It's more like a small arena where it's not. And by arena, I don't mean a building. I mean, you're in a kind of a wall, not a walled off. You're, you're in a limited area on top, on the surface of the planet, a very limited area where you can fly around. And then like, you can't go too far this way because I don't know what will happen, but it's very clear that you can only stay within these, these certain bounds. Yeah, there's boundaries. And what you have to do on those, those are the ones where they have bases that are launching missiles. You have to uh, find this, a button that's on the ground and hit the button and then it opens a door and then you fly into the door and then it's kind of like being inside the capital ship. You kind of, kind of go through some corridors and stuff, dodge some doors, make sure you dodge these obstacles. Then you get to the middle, blow it up and then fly out and escape. Um, 
but so on these so on these levels where you're on the planet's surface, it's really weird because, like I said, it's a pretty small area that you're flying. It's more kind of like free roam, but it's a very limited area that you have to fly around. But also, you can switch, you can tra- you can change modes where you're. And in fact, this is how it starts you off. It starts you off with the um, ship's wings down like legs, and you're walking around on the ground using the ship's wings as legs. And you're so you're walking around, and then if you want to, you can hit select and it transforms back into a ship and you fly up in the air, and then you can start flying around if you need to get somewhere a little bit faster. Again, even though there's really not much drown, uh, ground to traverse. But primarily, it's kind of like, yeah, so walk around and <laughs> shoot. like There's like two or three <laughs> bad guys usually on these levels. Uh, before you get to the inside, you find I'll this. Little, one, then. You, f- <laughs> you find this little button. You stand on it with your ship, and that's what opens the uh, the door to get you inside. Sure. Uh, it's really weird. And then there was one of these, which was a little bit cooler because instead of just being on the ground, it was over water. And one of the buttons was this kind of sort of like this island little section floating out in the water, and you have to land on it just right. And then the other one is on top of this big boat that's that's moving around. So you have to uh, so it's a little bit harder to get to because you have to land on it just right without the boat, you know, moving out from under you. Mm-hmm. So I, so I hit so it, it has two buttons that you have to hit. I hit both of those and then I couldn't figure out where to go. And then there's this little thing that shows you that basically points and says, "Hey, go here." But it but and I kept flying to it and there's nothing there. And after a few minutes I was like, "I wonder if I'm supposed to go underwater." And so I flew to where it was and then turned off. I transformed back into the, like the walkie mode and he, sure enough, my ship dropped underwater and I was walking around underwater and that's where the, um, the thing was that I was supposed to go to. So that was, I don't know, I guess that was kind of neat, but overall those levels were just sort of weird. Uh, yeah, they weren't, it, it sounded interesting when you first started talking about it, but I was <laughs> kind of confused and sort of excited, but not really. That's that kind of, that sort of describes my, uh, my progression of feelings as I was playing this. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Okay, this is really small. Okay, this is kind of weird. All right, I don't know what I think about this. The game, so with that part of the game mind, the game still, I, I would say it feels like an unfinished game. I know it's supposedly finished or 90% finished, but but it's re- but you can tell it's really rough around the edges. For instance, on these sort of like arena-like planet levels, it feels so confined. I feel like that those probably would should be a little bit bigger and maybe were planned to be a bit bigger. Uh, and also, another thing is, those particular levels feel very lifeless. There's nothing in the background on any, on any of these. Or maybe there's a very limited environment in the background. There's not like trees and mountains off in the distance or anything like that. It's just ground, pretty much. Uh, again, I think some of them maybe do have like a mountain or two, but it feels very... Uh, empty. Also, the graphics throughout the game are really pretty rough. Uh, Star I was Fox, actually kind of wondering about that. Yeah, Star Fox 1, the graphics are fine for a Super Nintendo game, especially one that's basically, that's doing 3D graphics. Uh, you know, you look at it and it doesn't, it's not fantastic or anything, but for for the time, it was really pretty good. And it's still, I mean, it, it holds up fine. When you play Star Fox 1, it doesn't look bad, at least not to me. It's just like, okay, yeah, this is what 3D kind of looked like back then. This is they, they they did a good job with what they had. This one feels much more rough uh, than Star Fox One. I, so I feel like the graphics had not quite been 
I, I don't know what they needed to do. The graphics are just, there's a lot of really, really rough edges. There are times where I could see some objects through other objects, and uh, it just doesn't really look good. It, it's like they weren't quite finished. Um, also, the aiming is sort of tough. It feels like you're aiming reticle. So there are some levels where it is first person, and this was true. There were some levels like this on Star Fox 1 as well, especially the levels where you're just in outer space. It usually will switch to first person, and then you have you actually have an aiming reticle that you're that you're pointing around, and that seems to go really a bit too slow in this game. Uh, so I feel like that's something that didn't quite get tweaked out the way it probably should and would and should have. Um, and then another thing is all of the or most of the different level types generally look the same. Like most of the planet surfaces look the same, except obviously for the one that I said there was that one that was just water that you were flying over, and that was kind of cool. But mm -hmm. aside from that, most of the planets look the same. Most of the space ones, I mean, obviously when you're out, when you're in outer space, it's, gonna, it's often going to look the same anyway. But that combined with most of the planets looking the same, and then most of the in inside of all the ships look the same, there's just not a lot of variety uh, among the different levels. You think with more time... Well, actually, I guess they really didn't have time at that point. Yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know if... They had maybe planned to do more, or I would say that's that's an area where maybe that aspect of it was finished. They didn't really plan on adding much more different types of levels it's because, possible. yeah, who know who's to say? I just don't know. Um, most of the uh, most of the bosses were pretty easy, especially the inside of the ships where you're just flying around, uh, shooting these different parts of the inside. I mean, there are lasers shooting at you and stuff there there is stuff that you have to dodge while you do that but usually it was pretty easy to do that so it feels like some of that stuff maybe could have been uh, improved a little bit um and uh yeah you know there was one cool thing well i've, I've named a few cool things but one other cool thing that i, that I forgot <laughs> there's about only was, one cool thing <laughs> there is one part there's one part where you're playing through and uh the guy's like the, the, the bad guy is kind of like talking to you on the radio and he's sort of like, all right, you're doing too good. I'm going to launch like my secret weapon. And he, he sends this giant robot dragon to attack your planet. So you have to intercept that. So he can't attack the planet. Sure. And that was sort of like a mini boss battle. And it's this giant, it's just a robot dragon. I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> all you have to, all you have to say. And it's, you know, it just, it's, there's nothing special about it. It just looks really cool. It shoots lasers like out of its mouth at you. Uh, <laughs> it was just kind of a fun battle. So that was neat. But, uh, I mean, overall, it does some really cool stuff. Um, I really like the the things that it does differently from Star Fox 1, but it's it's so rough. It's, it's not nearly as good as Star Fox 1. Mostly because it's so rough around the edges and there's such little variety uh, within, like, the scenery. Sure. That it's just not... It needs a lot more tweaking to be able to be as good as as Star Fox One was. I love Star Fox One. Star Fox Two is overall, I would say it's okay. Wow. Which one's your favorite Star Star Fox One, Star Fox Two, or Star Fox Sixty Four? Um, I'm not. Oh, jeez. I remember. I've talked about how how much I played Star Fox Sixty Four when I was little, but I think that I liked Star Fox uh, 1 better. I would have to go back and play Star Fox 64 again. Off the top gotcha. of my if I, if I just to answer it right now, off the top of my head, the way I remember it, I would say 
Oh, geez. Yeah, I would probably say I like the first one the best. Interesting. But 64 is really, really good. And if I played it again, I may very well like it better. It's just kind of hard to say. I love Star Fox 64. <laughs> yeah. It. Oh, I love it, too. It's so good. So that was, I was very happy to finally get a chance to play this game. Uh, even though it's not fantastic, it's, it's really interesting, if nothing else. Um, oh, a quick note to Jonathan, who sent me the copy of Anamusha. I have started playing it. That's and? The okay. <laughs> that's all. That's all you I get. have not started playing mine yet. I will very soon. I, I have two games I need to play right now. I've just been getting distracted by Robert talking about games that I love. <laughs> It'll probably be a little while before I'm able to finish it because, uh, as I've said, we're doing some construction in our house right now, so all my... Everything is all over the place, and right now my PlayStation is in my daughter's room, so there's only limited. I only have limited access to that, <laughs> so I play it when I can. But it's going to be a little while before I'm able to really get to it and finish it. But I'm I'm a I think I'm about an hour and a half in right now. I just wanted to get, nice. let Jonathan know. I just want to give him the heads up that I have started playing it because he was so nice to uh to send it. Okay, top five, top fives. So it was games that came out within 2016 or 2017, theoretically, until the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, that we think will ultimately become classics, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So top fives is games from 2016 or 2017. If we do this from now on, I think we'll probably stick to just just that just the year that we do this. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be interesting to to leave it open, leave it a little bit more open this time. Yeah, especially since there's some games that came out recently that. Yep. One in particular. Okay. All right. Really interesting. Is that a tease? Is that a tease? Oh, it's a little bit of a tease. I'm actually wiggling my fingers too, so <laughs> a little woogity woogity action going. Uh, well, I'm hard, so it worked. Oh, uh, games that came out this year or last year that will that we think are most likely to be considered classics in say 15 or 20 years from now. Sir. Number five. I'm going to go with The Witness. Oh, yeah, this game had a lot of hype to it. Uh, yeah, it's sort of a kind of a mist-like puzzle game, sort of. I, I talked about it when I played it, I guess, about a year ago, uh, for, just in the current gaming subcast, obviously. And it's, uh, it's made by Jonathan Blow, who made Braid. And uh, it's just an amazing, it's really just an amazing puzzle game. It's, it's... It's more than just a puzzle game, which is what makes it so interesting. Just the the way he's able to take a very simple concept, which is these little puzzles where you're drawing a line on a little screen that, that exists somewhere in a larger world, and you're trying to get it from one point to another. And sometimes there are various uh, kind of, I guess, conditions that you have to satisfy. Like it can't touch the corner or it can't touch... You know, maybe there are like little shapes in between it and it can't touch this type of shape or you have to make this kind of shape, you know, as you're drawing on the grid to get from here to there. And he sort of takes that idea and just goes extremely far. Like he takes it to places that you would never that you would never consider. Um, it it's really you can't describe how good this game is just talking about it. You, uh, you, you really just have to play it. And also the game itself looks absolutely amazing. Uh, really, really cool game. I think this is going to stand up really well. 
And I really think and hope that it'll be remembered as just a really great game. So, I would probably like this more than the games that I have placed ahead of it. But as far as the ones that I think are going to be remembered the most, I I think this, I'm going to put it as number five. Cool. I know a lot of people have been talking about that game or were talking about the game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, when it first came out. My number five is going to be a number six of an installment, Civilization VI. Um, really? I Oh, yeah, I think this... I mean, I've been I've played some of the older ones even more recently. I played five, which came out... Let's see here. played five a ton. What was that? That like was 2010. That's already oh, wow. seven years ago, and that game is still incredible. Like, uh-huh. if this game... I haven't played too much of Civ VI. I've watched a decent amount of videos, but I don't see a reason why it won't continue to be played for a long time. You know, I do such I, a great job in these games. I don't think it's going to be, you know, and I don't know. I don't play a bunch of Civ. I, I've been on a few Civ kicks <laughs> in my day, but um, Civ Six didn't seem like it had the same sort of hardcore, rabid reception that Civ Four and Civ Five did. Did, did Civ Five upon its release? I'm, you know, I'm just. I, I guess it I'm takes not a sure. couple years. Maybe it, maybe it does. But I feel like most people sort of sort of preferred four or five still to six, hmm. but maybe not because, like I said, I don't really keep up with it. That's just sort of the the gist I got from what from what little I've I've gotcha. sort of kept up with. But yeah, I did consider that one. All right, my number four is going to be Doom. Ooh, obviously the one that came out last year. Uh, it's the fourth installment of the Doom series. It's just called Doom. Uh, this was very well received, wasn't it? It was extremely well received, yeah, uh, and partly because everybody was so surprised that it was actually good. And then on top of that, it turned out to be really, really good. Uh, it was kind wow. of like really surprising because you know Doom Three didn't really do that great uh, as far as critical reception. People were kind of like, you know, this it's all right. It's not great. It's not really. It doesn't really feel like a Doom game. It's kind of scary, but it's just not. It's 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 pretty good. Uh, and then so when they're coming out with this one, it's made by a different studio and all this, and it, so nobody really expected much because they didn't really know much about the people who were making it. The last one wasn't very good, and it's kind of one of those. It's like, how can you recreate the original Doom? You know, the feeling <laughs> of that. And they actually somehow did recreate the feeling of the original Doom, and just kind of went all out had a bunch of fun created a really just a really kind of that's awesome sort of i guess the only way i can think about it but, but the only way i can think to describe it is sort of like in your face type experience uh i didn't love it as much as everybody else did but i still i mean i still played through the whole damn thing and beat it so that 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 should tell you plenty it's it's a it's a very good game i think this will st- i think this will be remembered very well i think that is a pretty interesting metric now is did you beat the game i i it's there are a lot of games that I enjoy immensely that I don't beat, but there are certain games that I feel like you beating them is like a sign of how good it is, though, at the same time. Yeah, I think that's that fair. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Uh, did, did, did you, hold on, I've got a question. Um, now that you say that, did you usually beat, did you beat many games when you were younger? Or did you? Uh, if I could, I did struggle with a lot of games growing up. There were so, I beat so few games when I was growing up, Be- which is weird because there are so many that I like really loved. I mean, there are there are there were definitely some that I beat. I remember 
I definitely played to beat games a lot more when I was younger. Like Final Fantasy VII, I had to beat that. Final Fantasy One, I, I had to beat that. Like it was just really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Final Fantasy VII in particular. I mean, you put so much time into it, and there's no internet, so you don't know the ending. You don't know all the shit. So it's like you want to beat it to see what happens. Final Fantasy One in particular was just. I mean, that was. I beat it in the late '90s, back when there was literally nothing. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of exploring through that game, and then you bump your Nintendo, and your your temporary memory gets wiped. Yep. Two thumbs up. Yeah, I think um, I think my attention span was too short. I didn't end up beating a whole That's lot funny. of games. Anyway, I was just curious. All right, what's your number uh, four? Number four would be Persona Five. Uh, this is another game that I haven't played too much, but I've watched a lot, and my roommate played this for for weeks. He spent almost a hundred hours playing this game. The game looks super fun. There's a, a huge variety in how you can do things and how the the end result of the game can be. It's it's an RPG type, and um, I don't know. It just seems like it's one of those games that if you can play at any time, graphics are sort of that refined cartooniness, so it holds up really well over time. And the music is exceptional because once again, I was playing a lot of it, so I got to hear uh, a lot of the music. Mm-hmm. It's playing it. Cool. All right, number three. Oh, I thought gonna... I was going again. I'm like, why am I going again? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Cuphead. Oh, that's funny. Um, I'm sure you've seen a little bit of this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I lo- I've been enjoying the crap out of. It. I love the art style. Love the music. Love oh the my game. gosh, it's so cool. Have you? You have had... Bashi. You or, haven't uh... played it, have you? No, I've only. Wa- I, I don't. <laughs> e- I have no interest in playing whatsoever. The game looks absolutely frustrating, but I love watching people play it. Everybody's doing it. It, it looks. I mean, you, you said it looks. Just like amazing, like love it. I can't express how good the damn game looks. Yeah, art style. It's like that '40s '50s cartoon uh-huh. with like the scratchy screen. The music, the 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 visuals are motivated by the music. It's very jazz heavy. It's just, it's such a great game. I was so impressed <laughs> while watching it. I I've been infatuated with it since I saw it on Twitch. I really, really, really cannot wait to play this game. I've got. A bunch of other stuff. I want to listen to you watch if I play. I just want to listen to you get frustrated. (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to be super hard. Um, But man, it looks so good. I cannot wait to play it. Yeah. I think this will be remembered. Aside from just being a good game, it's got that factor of like, this is a new type of thing. This is is so unlike anything else. And it, well, so I it think reminds me of Boshi and, and Wanna Be the Guy. Remember when those things came out and they were like the biggest thing for a while and it was purely big. And Super Meat Boy, like that super difficult, frustrating, hundreds of deaths type game. That's what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Like and that craze. Yeah, and so is that combined with the aesthetic, which I think yeah. is going to really oh, get yeah. a lot of staying power. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really great one. I really like that. All right, what's yours? Uh, number three would be Overwatch. Um, I <laughs> cool. think Overwatch is is one of the most creative IPs that was developed on the market. I think Blizzard's done an amazing job with that game. I don't even play it anymore. I haven't played it since its initial release. But great game. They're doing a, a really great job balancing it. They're promoting esports. I think this game will be remembered for a very, very long time as one of the best launches that Blizzard has ever had. It is such a great game. The community loves it. Yeah, I feel like they did a really good job with it as well. That's a good one. That's a solid one. I, I that's that was on my. I, I definitely gave that one some strong consideration. I I, I think it's Blizzard. Such a great time. All right, number two. 
I'm going to go with Super Mario Odyssey. Hmm. Obviously, it hasn't come out yet. So, maybe not. I thought uh, about doing this, actually, funny enough. But, um, it's, uh, it looks really cool. It looks really fun. It looks good. Of course, we'll find out later this month when it actually comes out if it is good. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> but, uh, I'm betting that it will at least be pretty good. And also just the fact that it's a Mario game. So, it's it's already got that going for it. So if we're, if we're talking in terms of 15, 20 years from now, what are people going to remember the most? They're going to, you know, some things like Cuphead may be a little bit more difficult to remember, but obviously Mario, that's a mainstay, just the title alone. So people will be, oh yeah, Super Mario Odyssey. That was, that was a good one. So that's, that's my number two. I like it. I think it's a good one. All right. What's yours? My number two is Mr. Cuphead. I was <laughs> hoping that you actually hadn't caught this it's, one. It's, it's, it's not Mr. Cuphead. It's just Cuphead. Oh, it's just Cuphead? I thought it was Mr. Cuphead. Uh-uh. Anyway, I, I, like I said before, I've been watching this game. I've probably watched like 10 or 15 hours. I've watched multiple people do playthroughs. And Damn, I, you've I watched a lot of it. So good. Oh, I love it. My, the first time I saw it, I was like, what is this? Like, this is so cool. The visuals alone. And then I turn on my headset and I'm like, this music this is doing stuff to me. <laughs> I think it's, they did an exceptional job with that game, and I'm very happy. You know what else I love? Um, God, we're talking about this game so much, but I don't care. Not only is the art style really good, but even aside, like style aside, even just the actual art itself, like the pictures they draw, the enemies and stuff, they're really mm-hmm. creative. Like the one, like there's the frog with the boxing gloves, and there's that one little yeah. demon in like he's on a roller coaster cart or something like that. You yeah. know just what I'm talking about? Uh, and then there's this one. It's a giant. I haven't seen a full-size picture of it, but it's like a giant uh, cigarette or something like that. Or yeah, a cigar. I've seen that one. No, it's a cigar. Yeah, that one's really funny because, dude, at the end of it, too, you got to watch it because when it dies, when, it's, when you beat it, this big-ass foot comes out of nowhere and stomps it out. And it's very <laughs> graphic. I, really? You know, it's it's a fucking animated cigar, but it's done in a way that you're like, oh, like that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I cannot wait to play this. Yeah, I I'm so impressed with that game. All right, number one. I wonder if we both maybe have the same number one. Probably. <laughs> My number one is Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Yeah. That's yours. Exactly right. Okay. It is. Uh, where, where I went gonna... back and forth on this a lot. Really. I wasn't sure. I mean, how is the game going to hold up? You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, see, that, that's a good... I was... I don't feel... Even though I have this as my number one, I, I'm the same way. I went back and forth and I'm like, are we going to... 10 years from now, is it, are we going to look back at this and be like, oh, that's the game where you have to climb for just 100 hours? Yeah. Or is it going to be... Or are we going to remember it more like I, when we were actually playing it and having a bunch of fun? I was thinking of it the way I've been playing Morrowind. The fact that this game is so old and it is very has a lot of quality of life things that make it frustrating. That game is so refined. The graphics have a very unique style to them that I think will hold up. The music is great. Uh, just the overall feeling of the game is exceptional. I don't think there's a chance in hell that game will not be remembered well. I think you're... Yeah, ultimately, I agree. It does have a few little things that, that yeah. maybe aren't awesome, but... Overall, the game is so just, just like you said, just playing it, you just 
have a good time when you're playing it. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching people play it because the combat is visually appealing. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, that's a good point. It's visually appealing. There's so much exploration to do, and it's not like uh, Bethesda-style exploration where it's like, okay, what's over this hill? Yeah. Oh, there's a little hut. What's over this hill? <laughs> you watch your mouth. <laughs> but it, but there's you find lots of actually cool stuff and unique stuff just in random spots all over the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll stand up pretty well. I th- and I I put 70 hours into this game, and I usually don't put that much really? into games like this. I'm probably 30 deep, I think. 30 really? Mm-hmm. Lisa almost 100%ed it. That's, that's crazy. All right, for our next top five, I stole this idea from Reddit. Uh, this was on, I don't know if this is on the game. I don't remember what subreddit this was on, but somebody asked, if you could have a uh, game company cover another company's game, kind of like musicians Ooh. cover other people's Ooh. songs, which games would you like I to be love this. made by which company? You like it? Yeah, because I mean, you take like like for instance, we all everybody hates Ubisoft. So let's take one of their premier titles, <laughs> give it to another developer like like Obsidian, and you know see what they would do with it. I think that would be crazy. Oh, I love that. I think that's super cool. All right, then let's do it. So games you would like to see remade by a different company, and what company would that be? That's a really good one. I love that. All right. Very awesome. creative. Yeah, credit to whoever came up with that idea. Yeah. Uh, time for emails. Here we go. First one is from uh, Jonathan. I'll read this one. Jonathan says, for the record, in huge uh, letters, I have not and will not leave a public comment speaking of your... Oh, it says this one's for Rob. For the record, I have not and will not leave a public comment speaking of your or anyone else's vocabulary usage. Someone is seriously cramping my style. He's referring to the person... um, on, for on the last one who left the review on that uh, podcast aggregator that made fun of me saying oh, like yeah. all the time. I didn't think, Jonathan, I did not think that this was you. I just... Uh... I knew it was him. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wasn't meant to... I wasn't trying to imply that. I thought this was Jonathan. I didn't think that. But anyway, someone is seriously cramping my style. When referencing this in past emails, it was merely as a bonding technique. <laughs> And perhaps an Easter egg for dedicated listeners. Person, personally, I enjoy your use of that word. Oh, his subject, his subject line, by the way, is liking the like button. <laughs> personally, I enjoy your use of that word and find it appalling that someone would make fun of your gratuitous use of the word. Your podcast brings me joy, and it would sadden me to know that I have caused you pain. It is distasteful and unfunny to pick on someone like that. He put like in quotes. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. First of all, insulting Robert makes me happy. So, <laughs> plus one. Uh, Jonathan continues. Oh, you don't believe me? Well, I went a step further. Uh-oh. Oh no! I have li- uh oh I have listened to and typed out the first ten minutes of your previous podcast to see how often you use that word 
I love how he keeps just saying that word. He doesn't say... <laughs> like it's a bad word. <laughs> yeah. Taboo. I listened to and typed out the first 10 minutes of your previous podcast. Damn, he typed out everything? Or I wonder if he just typed out the word like. I don't know. Either way, it's pretty impressive. Probably the whole thing and then just to control find like, 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 like. Um, of your previous podcast. See how often you use that word versus others. Oh, okay. So he did type out the whole thing. Damn, Jonathan. It is attached for your reference. Holy shit. Oh, no. Hold Robert. On. I have even... to face your demons. I got to uh, I got to take a look at this. Damn, he actually has a transcript of the first 10 minutes of the podcast. That's super cool. <laughs> I'm looking at it in the middle. I will literally send you this game. That's how bad I want you to That's how bad I want to hear. No, I'll <laughs> NAW. I'll just do it. Help me remember or I'll write a note to myself. Yeah, if you're having trouble, <laughs> then I will happily send it to you. Damn. Okay. Oh, so this is just this is just me that he wrote down. He didn't write down the, your voice, good, but good. still, holy question. shit. He's even got like, "Hey, everyone, welcome to the Classic Gaming Podcast." <laughs> holy shit. Damn. Okay, that's dedication. What is he? All right. So what's he saying? Uh, it is such for a reference. I did not include the soliloquy of of how the word is used because that would pollute the results. While the word was referenced fourteen times, this pales in comparison to the other. 841 words that were spoken by Robert during this time. In other words, less than 1% of the first 10 minutes of speech contained the word like. This doesn't sound like a problem to me. Uh, in fact, as someone who has to speak quite often and be original during this time, it is quite commendable that you are so fluent in your speech and that there is variety. Thank you for all that you do. Dan, that's actually a lot lower than I would have expected. Yeah, I was going to say like 50 or something. Uh, are you guys still doing a top list for the hundredth episode? Is it's only. Oh wait. yes, we are. Oh yeah. Oh man. It's only four and a half months away. <laughs> uh, yes, we are still doing that. A hundred top hundred games ever, classic or not classic, just top hundred. Have you started your list yet, Jay? No, you haven't. I have. Oh, have you? Oh yeah. I actually started like reorganizing mine a little bit today. I've got it all. I sort of have it. I have a running list where when I think of one, I'll kind of find a spot where I think it should go and I'll put it down. And today I started kind of looking at it and reorganizing the way I think uh, they should be listed. So, yes, we are doing that for the 100th episode still, Jonathan. Uh, top threes. These are, okay, these are the ones that, this is for the top three for this episode, the games that he thinks will be considered classics. Number three, the Fractured But Whole. That's the South Park one. Uh, yep. Yeah, that may very well, because that was supposed to be really good. Number two, the SNES Classic. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I think that, that will be remembered. I don't know if that quite counts, but yeah, I think it'll be rem remembered very well. And number one, uh, Metroid Samus Returns, because we won't get another ah. 2D for 20 years. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that just came out on uh, on D or 3DS. So uh, I thought about that one. I don't know if I feel as strongly about it as he does, but he makes a very good point that we, they, again, they are probably not going to make another 2D Metroid game for at least two decades. So for that reason alone, yeah, it'll probably That's be funny. remembered. And he says, Rob, when you were talking about Soma, I couldn't help but think about my playthrough of Inside. It's much shorter, but worth a look if you haven't already. Jonathan, I have played Inside and I love Inside. The two games are really not... I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, they're both kind of horror... Well, they're both horror-themed, very dark, uh, some sort of puzzle stuff. 
Soma, and you probably know, but Soma is a very different game. It's a it's a first person sort of 3D exploration type game. The story is much more, uh, and inside the story is a little bit, you don't really know exactly what's going on. Whereas in Soma, it's all much more laid out for you. But uh, you may know that already. But yes, inside, golly, I love that. It's one of my favorite games. Uh, I, I absolutely love Inside, so yes. Um, and Jonathan, if you haven't played Limbo, you should check that out. That's Limbo's a really fun game. Limbo's really fun. It's kind of like... Inside is sort of like a... Uh, kind of like a sequel to Limbo. And it's unclear whether the two are actually uh, connected in, in continuity. Uh, it's sort of, Nobody really knows, as far as I know. But uh, it's... It was the first game made by the same developers, or it was the game made by the same developers previous to uh, Inside. It's very good as well. Not as good as Inside at all, but really good game. You should check it out. Uh, and if, if you do, I want to hear what you think about it. All right, so that's Jonathan's. Let's go to, uh, we got one from Alex, a.k.a. Snestrunk. I'll toss this one at you, uh, Jay. Actually, I'm going to give you the next one because it's a little bit long and it'll give my voice a rest for a second. So I'll read Alex's. Okay. Alex says, hi guys, I'll keep it short. Uh, this is his list, top five uh, from 2016-2017 that he think will be considered classics. He says, hi guys, I'll keep it short. Just a quick disclaimer that my limited scope means I'm not picking stuff like Overwatch or The Witcher 3. Oh, that's a good one, Witcher <laughs> 3. I, uh, I looked at that one as well, actually, funny enough. Since it's just too far off my radar, my top five is mostly simpler, scaled-back games that are easy to pick up and play and jump right into without a huge tutorial or huge amount of backstory, uh, with one exception. My top five is five, Star Fox 2. <laughs> In parentheses, kind of counts, right? Uh, I agree that it kind of counts. Number four, <laughs> holy shit, number four, Inside. Number three... That's so funny that he that we both had that we were just talking about that. Number three, near Automata. Uh, I can see that. I don't feel like I thought about near. I, I I don't feel like it has. I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like the uh, the others that I listed have a little something that near doesn't, but I don't know what that is. But I can definitely see that. Number two, Cuphead. And number one, Stardew Valley. Ooh. That was a really good list, actually. Yeah, that's one we actually kind of overlooked a little bit. Um, it's interesting to see... It's interesting that the one that we... That was kind of highest overall... Well, I guess maybe besides Breath of the Wild, it was... Uh, well, all three of us had Cuphead. I guess, obviously, Jonathan didn't, but... Um, it's interesting to see that one pop up so much. Uh, all right, so that's Alex's list. Next, we have an e email from Jeffrey. I'm going to pass this one on to you. Monsieur Proctor. Huh? What? It sounded like you were just He's... talking backwards. Jeffrey says, Hey dudes, I'm sure that by this point in the podcast you've likely, likely covered the SNES Classic extensively, but I wanted to chime in as the proud new owner of one. How happy oh, yeah. I am. Yeah, that's awesome actually. To have gotten ha my hands on one. Yeah, actually, I don't really know anybody who hasn't been able to get one who really, really wanted one so far. Are you, you planning on it? Are you planning on getting one? Am I planning on getting one? Yeah. Um, probably not right away. Maybe down the line. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. You know, I don't really know. Um, seems like, yeah, it seems like most of the people 
that I can think of, which is not a ton, uh, who were trying to get one were able to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of my sentiment. Uh, he goes on to say, it's nice that Nintendo didn't totally fuck botch something for once. <laughs> the unit... <laughs> it is nice. That is a good, really good point. Yeah. We said the same thing. That's funny. <laughs> uh, he says, the unit looks cool. The controller feels great. I really like the UI and scrolling through the menu of the games for the first time. It really hit home with me. Uh, what an incredible collection it is. Oh, yeah. First time I played, I didn't have much time, so I started with Super Mario World. It grabbed me right away. I forgot how much I love this game. The levels are so well designed. Every little detail is well thought out, and the controls are perfectly responsive. Funny thing about that game, I saw recently on online... Um, when, is this you talking? Oh, or you yeah, yeah, this is me talking. Okay. Oh, out of character. No, uh, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> OOC? <laughs> yeah, OOC. Um, oh, when shit. Yoshi spits his tongue out, Mario is punching him on the top of the head. I saw that. Too. I read that too. Yeah, isn't that funny? That yeah. Wait, wait. Did, did you read the thing about that recently? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, I read yeah, that yeah. Way. How it was like actually him punching him in the head? Yeah, because that because it was sort of a question for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a question for a long time. There's a lot of speculation, and finally we we got the answer. Yeah, he's getting donkey punched. I see what you did there. Should have been Donkey Kong. Anyways, um, Donkey Konged. Let's see, uh, first time. Uh, it's called a Yoshi punch from now on. Jesus. I'm generally not a huge <laughs> fan of platformers, but when they get everything right, it's the perfect type of game for any level of gamer. I also had the chance to start with Earthbound, and, and after less than two hours of game, I'm already having so much fun. I can't wait oh, to see nice. all that is in store for me. I'm so glad you started playing game. that. Yeah, same, actually. It's a super good game. Uh, let's see. Chase's question about bad memories associated with video games reminded me when I was five before my parents got divorced. Sometimes they would get into horrible fights and would, uh, would leave the house and walk across the street to my friend Eric's house and play Commando or the original Mario Brothers. Not super the two-player co-op single screen oh, game. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Uh, with him until it blew over. It's not really a sad memory, but I feel as often as a childhood, uh, video games were well needed to escape me from whatever bullshit was going on at the time. I can definitely share that sentiment. Uh, that's, that's that sucks, but it is good that he had something that he could like go get away and do. Escape. Yeah. Uh, his question also made me think of how, as a kid, we didn't have much t um, money, so my video game library was was rather. I don't know how to say this word. Diminutive. Uh, where is it? Hold on. D i m i n u t i v. Dimin diminutive. Diminutive. Like, uh, kind of basically like limited. Yeah, I kind of based that. On you can figure that. Yeah, you can put yeah. that together. Context clues. Uh, that being the case, we had to get the most out of any game we were acquired. Uh, one that especially stands out in my memory is The Little Mermaid for Sega Genesis. I remember this game. Oh, my gosh. I remember this game. Uh, uh, I feel like was, I vaguely do. Uh, it was a gift to my little sister for Christmas, but we only owned three games for Genesis at the time, so I played the hell out of that. I don't know if it was Stockholm Syndrome or what, but I actually ended up liking it and thinking it was a pretty decent game. Did you ever have any instances where you owned a game that wasn't good, but you ended up liking it or just playing it a whole ton despite not liking it? Uh, you know, episode. I was thinking... Oh, sorry. Was, were you so oh, sorry? I didn't know you were still it. going. Is that, is that it? Yep. I was thinking of uh, Little Mermaid for, for Nintendo, hmm. which was actually kind um, Was it Nintendo or Super Nintendo? I think it was just regular Nintendo. Uh, and it was actually not... It was actually a pretty good game. Yeah, it was regular Nintendo. And, uh, in fact, Alex has a video on this, on SNES Drunk, where he's like, yeah, this is actually kind of, a, this game's actually not that bad. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, so, wait, what was his question? 
His question was, did you ever have any instance where you owned a game that wasn't good, but you ended up liking it or just playing it a whole ton despite not liking it? I'm trying to think if I had one. I feel like I probably do, but I don't... Oh, jeez, I don't know what, though. Oh, geez, this is going to bother me now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I had plenty of these. You know, one of them might be Ghostbusters for NES. I remember playing it a bunch, and it was not a good game. But I was—I remember thinking like, <laughs> but it was not a good game. It was not. But I remember thinking to myself, "There's got to be something that I'm missing here." Like I just surely I just don't understand something, and that's why it's so bad because I don't because there's just something that I'm missing. But no, it's actually just a bad game, and I, I think like I was kind of playing it a lot. To find out, like, to get to the good part or to figure out what it was that I wasn't understanding about the game or that I wasn't doing right that was making it so bad. But no, it's just a bad game. <laughs> no, it's just a bad game. Just, I feel like there's got to be something else, but I can't think. I, I, think I don't know it. what. I'm trying to think what else really uh, sticks out in my mind like that. I don't know. I mean, playing a lot of the the original, there was a lot of, there's a lot of bad titles for regular Nintendo, and I definitely spent a lot of time on some of those growing up, but I can't think of any specific examples. There was one that, I I wouldn't say I played a bunch of it, but I did return to it every now and then, kind of like, is this as hard as I remember it being? And it was, um, uh, what was it called? Was it, was it Wizards and Warriors? Is that the one with, no, it wasn't Wizards and Warriors. It's the one that my picture on Discord is from. With Fabio on the cover? Oh, yeah. Um, it was... That's funny. Oh, it was... Uh, yo, it was, was... Okay, yeah, it was Iron Sword Wizards and Warriors 2. It was... Oh, man, that game is so uh, bad. And it's so hard. But I think I did play it quite a bit. I'm not really sure why. I think I was kind of like, oh, can I do this? I can do this. Can I, like, surely it's actually not as hard as I remember it being, you know, like yesterday when I played it last year. Sure. Of course, it always was. But, yeah, that's the, that's the best I've got. I feel like there's I've got a better answer, but I just can't think of it. I might come up with something by the end of this, hopefully. Okay. All right, last email. Was that, that was the, you said that was the end of uh, Jeffrey's? Well, don't forget about the other emails, but yeah. Oh, yeah, right. well, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry, yeah. Last two emails, rather. Jeez, now, we've got our own emails to ourselves, uh, per the request of Chase the Night Cleaner. He asked us to, for the contest for the um, strategy guides that he's going to send us, for us to send emails into our own podcast, and whoever does the best one, whoever sends the one that people like the but most. But let's just be realistic here, Jay wins. Jay, you probably do. but What? What? Man. This? Anyway, we um we have to figure out which which ones this is for first before we before we do it. So why How don't do you we mean? S- like which um strategy guides? Oh, I see. Uh, um, I. Ooh. Hmm. I don't. I can't find the list again. I've lost it for the second time now. Here, goof. Oh, here it is. Jeez, all right, here's the uh, list. Oh, jeez, Rick. 
How about we, like, cut it in half and just... So we don't have to do this a shitload of times. You know what? This is what we're going to do. Since Chase is not mailing us from his own collection and he has to actually order them and buy them and send them to us now. Wait, is that what he's doing? Yeah, let's just do oh, one so he doesn't have to buy yeah, like ten games. I vote for... Uh, let's narrow it down. Which, one, which ones do you like the most on here? Uh, Parasite Eve, Dino Crisis, Silent Hill. I would say. All right, then I'll let's agree. then let's go for Parasite Eve or Dino Crisis. Your call. Okay. Um, let's go with Dino Crisis. All right, Dino Crisis. This is for Dino Crisis. Here are our email stories. So this is either going to be kind of funny or I'm just excited to get this player stupid. Oh, <laughs> are you? All right, so we're going to read uh, each other's. Is that right? You're going to read yours, or you're going to read mine, yes. and I'll read yours. Correct. All right. That way it's more authentic and feels, you know. All right. Um, I will start, if that's all right with you. This. I'm going to be my mic because I'm going to laugh. <laughs> no, keep it on. It's, uh, I want to hear oh, you laugh. Geez. Oh, jeez. Uh, so you're going to laugh at your own email? That's hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. I only <laughs> remember part of it. Okay. All right. Here we go. From Jay to the Classic Gaming Podcast. Subject line, CGP number one. Hello, gentlemen, and Robert. Ha! Hilarious. Right off the bat, Robert. Right off the bat, you're just knocking him out of the park. I've been listening since very early on to the podcast, and have wanted to write to you guys, but haven't. Yep, since I heard you both talking about the Elder Scrolls series, I knew I had to put my two cents in. You know it's supposed to be two uh, cents, C-E-N-T-S. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Okay. I can still remember the first time I booted up Morrowind and heard the iconic starting music with the main menu fading in. I was hooked. Though This sounds like a legitimate email, by the way. Yeah, though, I feel, though I feel a good number of the mechanics in the game are, uh, are oddly tuned or just plain boring, this is my favorite in the series. I feel a good amount of it has to do with the difficulty of the game and how quickly it ramps up. You can usually identify the strength of a monster by their type, but with people, it's a different story. Even when you come across a caster-type human... You assume it will be easy as they are wearing light slash no armor. And then, dot, 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 you get hit with a spell and nearly die. And what does this prompt? Well, you have to be creative with your abilities slash items to win. I remember in particular there was a human I was struggling to defeat, so I amplified my sneak ability and crept up on him. I stole their weapon from their pocket and used it to kill them. Oddly enough, if I remember correctly, they had another copy in there that they attempted to use against me, I'm scared to think where it was stored as it was a large staff. <laughs> as for the badly tuned mechanics, <clears throat> I wanted to touch on my favorite, lockpicking. If a door or chest is locked, you must draw a lockpick from your inventory and spam the attack use button in order to attempt to open it. At that point, it's a roll of the dice, combining your lockpicking skill and the quality of the lockpick. <clears throat> Trying to open a high-level lock and your skill is low... Have fun holding the attack command while you grind your lockpick down to dust. And they aren't cheap early on. It's not even frustrating. It's more comical than anything. Regardless, Morrowind will always be a great game in mind, and I go back and play it every few years. Sad the, M the MMO wasn't up to snuff. Hey, Jay? On the, sp on the spot. If both of you were stranded on separate islands with a working TV slash electricity and could have one console with a full library, what would it be? Thanks for being great. Toreb Nier. Hey, you I see get the it. name there? I get it. Yeah, it's an anagram. You, holy shit, you know what? I cannot believe you wrote that 
because <laughs> when I was in high school, I used to use almost that exact name as my uh, like your as my like tag on really on, oh, that's super funny. on Star Wars games specifically. I did it exactly. Oh, it was exactly my name spelled backwards. It was Trevor Near. What's funny is I forgot your last name was Ring and not King, and I had to fix it. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why, but I always assume your last name is King. I, I know a lot of people last name King. I think it's, that's partially why. It's funny because like, uh, that's how everybody who doesn't know me thinks I'm saying my name is, or if they see it written down. Then they th- mm-hmm. then they just glance at it and say, "Oh, King." Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I guess it's it's unexpected to have double R. I guess in my mind. Is it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but that's just kind of way my head works. I guess. So you wrote yours as a different persona. I wrote mine as me writing into us. That's well. Originally, I was gonna I was gonna create a new email account and email it into you and just be like, "It's one of the emails that came in tonight," but <laughs> it ran out of time today. Uh. Let me see. Oh, I guess I got to send this to you. So, all right, here. Um, all right, so that was Jay's. Here comes Rob's. <coughs> wow, this is short, Robert. What the hell? That's what she F-ass. said. That's not what she said. <laughs> That's what he said. Wait, oh, damn it. Um, so, Roberto says, Dear Classic Gaming Podcast, long-time listener, first-time writer. <laughs> Real creative, Robert. I know. I was listening to your sweet, sweet podcast yesterday and started wondering how much it would cost to make you but, guys by the way, from. So let me just interrupt. I actually don't. I wrote this for the last episode. I don't even really remember what I wrote, so this may be a surprise oh, to I, me as well. It, uh, that's funny. Oh, that's really funny. I, I actually kind of forgot what I wrote until you started reading it. So <laughs> enough. Okay. Um, so he says, uh, long-time listener, first-time writer. I was listening to your sweet, sweet podcast yesterday and started wondering how much it would cost to make you guys convert from let's talk about all classic games format to something more along the lines of let's talk about Honey Pop for two hours every episode. Jesus, Robert. Now hear me <laughs> out. I know Jay isn't into hentai, or so he claims. Check my history. Uh, <laughs> considering the following facts. Number one, Rob is much, much cooler than Jay. Two, Jay lives with a, with, in an apartment with other people. Wrong. I rent a house with other people. Oh, uh, I don't know why I said apartment. It, that's very common. Uh, and it would be fun to make him speak out loud about pseudo dating simulator, where your goal is is to woo women and ultimately have sex with them in a game that, when played in uncensored mode, actually becomes more hardcore porn at times. I'm very curious why the fuck you know there's a hardcore mode and why you know that it's explicit nudity, Robert. Dude, I've played through the whole damn thing. I'm not. Gonna lie. Oh my god, Robert! What is wrong with you? I don't know. I can't answer that either. Oh my jeez! <laughs> oh, uh, if you guys sign up for that, my alternative suggestion would be: What if you talked about Final Fantasy? What if you, again? What if you never <laughs> talked about Final Fantasy? Oh, sorry. What if you never talked about Final Fantasy again? There are literally 30 episodes where someone played a Final Fantasy game as their main game to talk about, and there are countless others where the series mentioned in other contexts, such as top threes, etc. Is it that is that not already enough for say ten years worth of content? The name Final Fantasy has probably been said more times than the like word throughout the history of the podcast. Jonathan, can we get a quick count on that again? <laughs> Regardless, the listeners really want more Monkey Island, more Metal Gear Solid, and more Earthbound. Speaking of which, when is Jake going to finish Earthbound, and when is Robert going to finish playing throughout the entire series of Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. That's part. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought I'd toss my ideas. Uh, now I'm going to go back to play some more modded version of Honey Pop. Where every place, every female character with different photos of Jay. 
Sincerely, Robert, aka the king of the classic gaming podcast. Good lord, Robert. You need help. <laughs> that is really funny, though. All right, so maybe maybe it was funny, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But, no, that was funny. That was good. I liked it. But whoever, so um, Chase the Night Cleaner wants people to write in and say who they think wins the email competition. And then whoever wins uh, gets the. Um, Parasite and understand Eve. when you write in, I can track your IP. So, <laughs> was it Parasite I'm Eve that, that we decided on? Uh, yeah. Okay. Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve. So just remember to vote for me. <laughs> and uh, final section: current gaming subcast. I was going to talk about Cuphead during this part. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. Are you really? All right. Go, talk, I was going else? to, but I mean, we've already talked about it so much. There's not really much else to say. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it's pretty much. That's funny that yours isn't is a game that you hadn't even played, but you just watched it so much that you know enough to say about it. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, anything else that you haven't mentioned about it yet? Nah, nah. I think we've talked about it enough. Damn. I really. I know I've said this hundred times so far, but I really can't wait to actually play it. <clears throat> it's going to be a little while because, like I said, my my uh, desktop isn't even hooked up to. Um, the internet at right now and it won't be for like another month is cuphead is it on switch i have no idea i'm looking it up actually i have no idea oh uh, no it looks like it's not it probably will be though switch has been doing some pretty crazy things <clears throat> so far. yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it eventually was but i don't really care i was just kind of if it was on switch i probably would go ahead and buy it but um so that's all that, that's all that you were gonna have for this one yeah yeah, pretty much. I played that. Played a ton of Morrowind. Playing more Heroes of the Storm, which is pretty casual. Pretty fun. Do you? I didn't know you were still playing a bunch of that. Yeah, I started playing ranked more and more just to have fun with it. The, it's really sad. The game is actually better than I expected. I think Blizzard's doing a really good job of trying to be a unique MOBA. It's very casual. But I right. will say the ranking system, as you get higher on ladder, your queue times become exponentially higher. Oh, yeah? I'm waiting like 10 minutes between games. Holy shit. The games are like 25 minutes for the most part. So you're waiting 10 minutes to play 25 minutes and it's like, Jesus, what? It's a little bit frustrating. But. Hmm, that does sound frustrating. And I'm not that high ranked. I'm like high plat, which it, it goes, I think it goes plat, diamond, then, or no, sorry, I think it goes plat, masters, and then grandmasters. There's no diamond? Not even in the top tier. No, I don't think so. I don't you're... think the community's big enough for it. <clears throat> um, there for was sure. some game the other day that was like, oh, I need to plays this this with jay and i was like oh but by the internet i don't have internet on my the computer <laughs> oh uh, yeah that's right i don't remember what it was though uh anyway okay so oh shit what just happened here so uh cuphead for you a little bit of heroes of the storm mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it if you played honey pop 2 i'm leaving right now just so you know no honey pop 2 <laughs> is not out yet it was announced it was announced Jeez, i'm just messing with you i'm messing with you one and two i'm really don't talk about honey. Hey, I'm I'm the honey pop. Don't talk about honey pop if you don't know what you're talking about, because I I'll correct you every time. Uh, uh, honey pop. The C- honey pop two is coming out next year. Uh, probably the second half of next year, so they say. And I've already seen four of the uh, new characters. Do you want to hear about them? No, not okay. even like slightest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I the game that I have played. This is a game that I just bought today, actually. Uh, I've been kind of wanting to play it with my daughter for a little while, and she got home from school today, and I was like, 
hey, come look, come, let's watch a video of this game. See if you, it looks like a game that you want to play because I think it looks fun. It's Overcooked. I don't and, know. Oh, man. So it came out like a year ago, or maybe not quite. Maybe it was more like the beginning of this year for uh, PC. But it also just came out fairly recently for Switch. And that was the version I bought. It's a, it's a couch co-op game. And you are little, these little chef characters in a kitchen. And you're trying to uh, cook meals as fast as you can and serve them to uh, customers. Or, like, you don't see the customers. All you see is the kitchen. And it shows, like, your orders at the top of the screen. And then you got to make it and put it on this little conveyor belt where it sends it out to, you know, the customers or whatever. And that's that's sure. all that's all you do. You, you don't do any of the delivering of the food. You just set it on the conveyor belt when it's done and all that. So it's got two of you in this room, in, in this kitchen. And so you're trying to coordinate. So it might pop up. It starts off pretty basic where it's like everything you're making is just soup. And it might be mushroom soup or onion soup or tomato soup. And if it's onion soup, for instance, then one person... And you coordinate this however you want. You're just kind of yelling back and forth at each other, uh, tell, saying, I'll do this, you do that, I'll do this, you do that. You have to get the onions out of the uh, little storage area that has onions. You have to go take it to a cutting board. You have to chop it up. You have to go put it on a pot. Make sure the pot's on a burner. Um, let it cook. Uh, and then do that with three onions. Because if it's for the soup, they have three ingredients. If it's onion soup, it's just three onions. Mushroom soup, three mushrooms. Uh, so put three, of the, chop up three of them, put them all in the pot, let it cook for a few minutes, then take it off the burner so it doesn't get burned, pour it into a bowl, pick up the bowl and take it to the little conveyor belt, and then it's served. If it sits Jeez. in the pot for too long, then it burns and shit starts catching on fire. You have to go get the fire extinguisher, walk over, put the fire out. Obviously, that sets you back behind really far. And then you only have a few plates to work with. And every once in a while, you'll get a dirty plate returned from the from the restaurant, like from, sure. you know, the people that are actually eating. And you have to take the plate, go put it in the sink, wash it, and then set it somewhere, you know, wherever, you know, somewhere, you know, hopefully convenient. So you've got all that going on. On top of that, every level has some sort of weird obstacle where it's just stuff getting in your way. So, <clears throat> like on one level... You're cooking basically in the middle of the street or on rather on two sides of a like sidewalk actually. And there are people walking down the sidewalk. And so they're getting in your, so as you're running back and forth from each side of the kitchen, uh, you're, you're getting stuck. You're getting like stuck because people are getting in your way. People who are just walking down the street. Uh, there's one where you're on a, on a boat. And so there's this middle kind of divider where one person's generally on one side and the other person's on the other side. So you're like, all right, I'll cook it and then I'll hand it off to you and you go deliver it. And I'll chop this up. Oh, you go over to the bin, come over here and set, set me down this thing on the table. I'll grab it off of the middle table since I can't cross over. And then I'll chop it up, cook it and hand it and pour it and then hand it back to you and you go take it. And, but on the pirate ship where there's that thing, the ship like rocks back and forth. So this middle table sometimes will slide all the way to one end or slide all the way back to the other end and it messes up where everybody is. So you have, you have to like change positions or be like, okay, now, now, now you start cutting stuff and I'll start delivering it. And then there's one where it's basically kind of like just a, the only walk area. It's like one person's width wide. So you can't pass each other mm -hmm. and it kind of goes in a big circle. So you're, both of you are walking in one big circle the whole time because you can't cross paths. 
So he's like, all right, no, you run up ahead and go ahead and grab a tomato out of the tomato container and go set it on a plate. And then you run up, and I'm right behind you. I'm going to chop it up right behind you. You run up and check on the pot. All right, now you you, know, you pour the pot and uh, go deliver this plate. Now I'm going to be right behind you putting this tomato in another pot. It is, the game is, in, <laughs> it gets like actually insane. You're just sitting there yelling like, no, 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 okay, I need, I need an onion. I need, uh, give me two mushrooms. Uh, I need this, I need that. All right, watch it. All right, you go cook it. All right, now, now you set it over here on this table because I can't reach it here. All right, now I'm going to grab it. Now I'm going to deliver it. You go wash those dishes. It's so much fun just yelling back and forth at each, at each other like what to do. And then it gets more complicated, the stuff you're making later. Like at, like at some point sure. you're making hamburgers and they have like anywhere from two to four different ingredients. You have to cook, you know, chop and cook the meat. You have to get a bun. Sometimes you have to have lettuce. Sometimes you have to have a tomato on it as well. It is, it is really, really a good fun couch co-op game sounds really fun yeah we um like <laughs> i started getting to the point where i was like no 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 like where i had to like calm myself down because at one point we got my yeah, wife to play with us too yeah we were like getting work like i was getting worked up and like yelling at everybody like i'm like you're not listening do this no 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 don't do that go put that there I'm like all right just chill out Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so i I highly recommend it if you have somebody to play. Like, I think you and Lisa, for instance, would have a really fun time playing this. And as long as you don't mind, like, eventually hating each other at some point. I mean, that's foundation of relationship, right? Yeah, exactly. So go for it. Anyway, it's super fun. I've only played it for a couple, or not even, I've probably only played it for about an hour so far. And, and we're, 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 it's so much fun. That's super cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. So that's all I've got. Uh, anything else before we hit our outro? I'll take a think of. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Send us emails. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Our top five, once again, is uh, g- uh, games that you would like to see covered by a different developer. Yeah. What game and what developer. Uh, follow us at Class Gamescast. Leave us sick reviews on iTunes. And I think that does it. You know what? I, I realize I think I wrap up every single episode with, and I think that does it. I need to come I up with something new to say. It, yeah. I, need to, I need to do something. That's going to be my new like. I need to stop oh, saying no. it and come up with something else. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys in two weeks.